Hi, I'm Kevin Drinko. Hi, and I'm Michel Nikolai. And we welcome you to Zizol Networks Podcast. We've been in the network industry for over 15 years. And in these podcasts, we want to try and untangle the world of networking, debunk some of those myths, explain some real world examples along the way to help you make better choices about selecting the right tech, product, and even help you guys build faster, more reliable, scalable networks, or just to keep your kids happy at home. Hi, and welcome back to another podcast. And in today's podcast, we're going to cover Wi-Fi 7 or 802.11be. And we have a special guest today, uh, Hugh Simpson. Welcome to the show. No, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So maybe we should talk a little bit about the history and talk around how we evolved to where we are today. Do you want to maybe explain a little bit about that? Yeah, so... It's it's interesting. We've now we've now removed into the or now moved into the lettering or the numbers etc. Away from the lettering and the standard name. So you know, Wi-Fi five was eight hundred two dot eleven AC. Wi-Fi six was AX, and now we're in Wi-Fi seven, which is the BE standard. So again, you know, it's it's an ever progressing. Um, line and, and again you know there is news out there of wi-fi 8 coming along you know late 28 for instance so it's not going to stop here so it's evolving yeah? it's evolving <laughs> never yeah. stops right yeah, it never stops okay so i mean should we maybe talk around the frequency and the technology because i think there's a, a big misconception about wi-fi 7 and it, it gets tangled up with the frequency quite often about the 2.4 gigahertz, the 5 gigahertz, the 6 gigahertz, especially the 6 gigahertz versus previous versions, whilst there's a lot of technology in Wi-Fi 7, right? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. You know, Wi-Fi 2.4 gigahertz and the frequency 5 gigahertz and now with 6, they are distinct. They, they have their own advantages and disadvantages, etc. We all know that 2.4 gigahertz is utilized by everything, Bluetooth, microwaves, you name it, it's on the 2.4 gigahertz range, right? Five gigahertz came along and that was slightly cleaner. Unfortunately, there are radar and other technologies based in that frequency. And then now we've got six gigahertz. But let's be careful when we talk about six gigahertz and the fact that we've only got a certain range approximately half of it in Europe. Whereas if you read a lot of the press and a lot of the information that comes from the US, they've got the 1,200 megahertz of bandwidth. So again, we've got to be really careful in the game what is in the frequencies and what is in the technology. So we first got use of the 6 gigahertz when we moved into Wi-Fi 6E. And then ultimately now we've moved into Wi-Fi 7, which is a, an improvement on Wi-Fi 6 in that range. But you you mentioned that in, in the US, they can take the full spectrum. Well, how much can we use in Europe? So we've got approximately 500 megahertz in Europe, which, yeah, it's not the full 1200 and we could complain and we could moan about it. But actually, let's let's consider what 500 is. That is more than what we get, or approximately about the same as we get in both the 2.4 and the 5 gigahertz added together. So we've pretty much doubled what we've got out there right today. So there's a lot more capacity than we've ever had before. Yeah, right? big when increase, we, big increase. So when we take it over all these bands, really, it's, it's a big, big improvement. Yeah, it really allows us to utilize 
you know, and we'll come on to it a bit later on, the 160 megahertz channel widths, et cetera. We'll come on to that a bit later. There's some pretty high specs, right, from Wi-Fi 7, or hopes and dreams <laughs> from a lot of people, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the, you know, one of, the, one of the headlines is that Wi-Fi 7 has the potential to do 46 gigabits of data, theoretically, with the 16 by 16 stream. You know, that is a very dedicated piece of hardware, right? We'll be lucky in the market to see 8x8 access points coming out. Certainly, Zizel, we have the 4x4 and now the 2x2 access points in that frequency. Well, I mean, obviously, we'll go on to some of our APs a little bit later. I think, you know, we want to explore the technology a bit more. The 2x2, the 4x4, the partial streams. It's quite a lot of detailed information. I think we could even break out into another podcast, I think, to discuss this, right? It's quite a lot of information. Yeah, especially when <laughs> we talk about antennas and those kind of things. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about some of the advantages that uh, the technology part of Wi-Fi 7. Yeah, that's, you know, that's great. One of the big things that we can all utilize is the modulation, right? So again, if we look at Wi-Fi 5, that was 256 modulation, QAM modulation, that went to Wi-Fi 6, went up to 1024, and now we're at 4096. So, you know, we have increased our modulation, and that basically allows us to squeeze more data into the same bandwidth. But Hugh, maybe for our audience, maybe you should explain QAM, what it what it does in your in your Wi-Fi. Try, let's try and keep it down though, right? As in, let's make it <laughs> something that people can relate to. Yeah, right? because if you're an engineer, you probably say, oh, okay, I understand. Yeah. But yeah, we want to make sure that everyone uh, can uh, I mean, we often learn use, from this. Yeah, we often use the scenarios, right, where there's the, the, the lanes of a motorway or the vehicles, et cetera, right? But I mean, from my point of view, if you, I mean, I would, uh, I can do this bit if you want, right? Because we can talk about a truck in the back of a truck and we had so much stuff in it, but now we're getting double, then four times as much eventually, right? So in the same lorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it, and it basically, let's let's cut out all of the lanes and the cars and everything, jargon, et cetera. It gives us 20% more throughput, potentially. What would be the speeds that you think we should really expect to see? I mean, you know, obviously we've got this 46 gigabits per second, right? But the reality is that's not what we're going to see, right? But what do you think customers will really experience in Wi-Fi? Whenever we talk of Wi-Fi and the speeds and the theoretical speeds of connection and throughput, it comes down to what the client is as well. So, yeah, you might have the best access point and the 8x8 access point or the 16 by 16 but if the client isn't going to connect or being able to deliver that, it won't be able to utilize those spatial streams and channels. So, again, we have to look at both sides. But realistically, let's throw some figures out there, see a connection of about six to eight gigabits. And the, you know, the throughput of that though, that's the, that's the connection. The throughput will be potentially half of that. So we should get some real world speeds of four gigabits. So some and, real uh, wire speed breaking. And um, we'll cover some of that in a, a bit further. I think it's really important to talk about that bit as well. Yeah, but I think that people should know to achieve those speeds, the number of antennas. Yeah, sorry to talk about antennas, but it's really important because if you just receiving on one antenna, you'll never get that high speed. Yeah. No. So your client needs to be adapted 
to your very fast access point that you use. Yeah, those speeds, they also rely on using really wide channel widths as well, right? So in Wi-Fi 7, they have the 320 megahertz channel width. Is that re- a reality to use that? I, I don't think so, right? No, it's not. No, we, you know, unfortunately within the, like I said, that's the downside to the amount of frequency that we get in Europe. You know, we get only get 360 megahertz channels within the six gig space that realistically allows one 320 megahertz channels so you know we're not going to see that throughput and we're not going to see those top top speeds etc but we can't put the downside on that you know we will you know like i said we've got 360 megahertz channels which we've never had before or never clearly had before so that is a real blessing in that space and we can utilize that with the cram levels etc so we can achieve more speed and greater speed than we have done with Wi-Fi 6, for instance. But it's important, I think, when you talk about the channel widths, it's really important to, you know, consider what's best for your scenario. I mean, we did a, Michelle and I did a, a podcast actually on on deploying in a warehouse and we talked about, you know, considering the best channel width for your type of environment. I mean, in the, in a warehouse, you could even go down to 20 megahertz wide, right? So, so it's all about making the best of your scenario. Absolutely. You know, channel width is a a big discussion point and it actually comes down also down to interference and how many access points you're deploying, how much Wi-Fi is around you, what other devices are utilizing those channels um, and actually whether you, you need it, right? Because if your client isn't able to deliver that speed or doesn't need that speed, then why are you con- why are you yeah, taking it? Yeah. yeah, why are you congesting those channels? Yeah. You don't need yeah. to, right? So again, it's it's it, but it gives you that complete flexibility. So Wi-Fi seven, you know, although you might not utilize it all, gives you the flexibility and allows you to, you know, as the clients improve and as the technology improves, etc., allows you to utilize that. I mean, I know when we saw Wi-Fi 6E come, we started extending into the 6 gigahertz, but actually the technology wasn't there like it is in Wi-Fi 7, right? Yeah, I, I was wondering, are there any applications already that are really looking for this kind of demand of speed on the Wi-Fi? That's a really great question there, Michelle. It's, it comes down to the fact of what needs that bandwidth, right? And those high speeds and more importantly what the latency is you know those channels and that speed gives you know and wi-fi 7 really drops the latency down if you're a gamer for instance if you're using vr headsets etc you know broadcasting the latency is all important and that really wi-fi 7 really helps with that not yeah, so. but I, I could imagine maybe carefully contributed this as well that maybe in a video environment with a TV studio, yeah, I, I know mean, you yeah. have some examples in that one. Yeah, I mean, that we, can be a, a big help that you have such a bandwidth. I mean, there's some other elements as well, like the density as well, right? Because we also improve the amount of devices we can connect. Obviously, that that helps us, you know, deliver. Yeah. 
the ma- by the mass as well, right? Lots more devices simultaneously. Yeah, it has an influence on the performance. Yeah, yeah. and uh, obviously we've done some work with uh, some video studios, you know, where they're producing adverts and video production and film production. And you know, Wi-Fi Seven in this scenario has absolutely made a big difference to them, right? And they're trying to really push the boundaries in in delivering over Wi-Fi, and we'll talk about multi-gig and some of the connectivity stuff as well, right? But but this has allowed them to past the speed that they would do on a one gig wire, for example. So yeah, absolutely. I think there are still lots of scenarios that will take advantage of Wi-Fi 7 at the beginning. I would say as devices progress and start to leverage from it, the density will be able to improve by the amount of devices. And you should consider about older generation devices. And, and this is another completely different topic as well. So, you know, we could go into that and it could really expand it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but let's but let's look at this is the first time that we've released a standard with Wi-Fi 7, that the clients have been there and thereabouts. You know, I was lucky to get hold of a, you know, on launch day, Google 8, Pixel, et cetera. And that has Wi-Fi 7 built into it you know again yeah i had to wait for the the latest operating system etc and everything else but you know normally there's been a delay between the client and the access point and the technology um this time no absolutely you know it's really there and the clients will be coming out thick and fast and you know they will be utilizing these higher speeds and require these higher speeds etc so again you know it's not just the clients it's the applications etc but question you, the, the, the high speed, are we achieving this just by using a single frequency? Is it only the six gigahertz that provide us the high speed? Or no, yeah, yeah, we've got, yeah, that's, that's, that's also great. Another advantage of Wi-Fi 7 is that we have multi-link operation MLO. Um, and this allows the clients or the clients that are able to, to utilize all three frequencies at the same time. So therefore, you know, whereas Wi-Fi 6 or 6E, you know, you can only connect to one frequency at one time, MLO actually allows your client or your device, if it's capable, to connect to all three frequencies at the same time. And therefore we can get, you know, higher throughputs, et cetera, because, you know, yeah, you can look at it as a single frequency, but again, we can utilize all of them. So it's really taking advantage of all three at the same time, right? What the best of all, all three, yeah, all three absolutely. Bands. You know, but you really need all three, or you can leverage from only two of those. I mean, at the end of the day, it depends on what's available. What's available? To the, to yeah, the you know, like like I opened up. You know, two point four is really congested, has a lot of noise in it, etc. You're gonna you're gonna have a lot of co-channel interference. Is it really the best channel that, or the best frequency that we should be using? And therefore, you know, we want ideas to remove out of that channel but you know lots of devices still use it it's it still there it gives you a little bit of redundancy as well of course yeah. it does yeah uh, yeah so yeah there's lots of advantages to MLO right I think it's one of the major technology enhancements in this in the in the Wi-Fi 7 for sure and I think when that comes into play will it really allow us to deliver the services much more reliably over all the advantage of all the channels at the same time so I think that's a fantastic part of it. The, another technology that's in there, though, is puncturing. And I what? think, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> is this a disease or what is this? When 
we used to have co-channel interference or we had interference arrive or we had a another signal cut into our Wi-Fi signal, that would be end of it. It wouldn't work. You might still be able to connect, but no throughput. Your data is destroyed, etc., because there's this other interference that's come in. What we can now do is when that interference comes in, it punctures our channel, okay? And, and you could use an example of a road, for instance, a motorway. We've got multiple channel, uh, multiple lanes. There's a pothole or a crash car in one or a blockage in one of those lanes. Whereas in the old world, we'd have to close the whole motorway down and remove that interference or actually change frequency or channel, et cetera, to, to bypass that and uh, slow down your data rate, of course. Of course, yeah. And, and absolutely destroys it, right? What puncturing allows is actually we only close down that single lane, that single channel, and we can work both sides of it. So even if it punctures in the middle of it, we can work both sides of that interference. It doesn't just close, close the inside lane, etc. Actually, we allow to work both sides of it, which is really great. Wow, that's, I mean, that's quite impressive, right? I'm quite smart as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think with all of this technology and all of the speeds, et cetera, and we mentioned at the beginning, there's some some big changes need to happen in the rest of the infrastructure, right? So switching-wise, really need to consider, like, that becomes the bottleneck, right? Well, this, this is great. You know, we've been living on one gig Ethernet for a long, long time now, you know. I have to say, I, I remember the days of 10, 10 meg and 1 meg token rings, etc. We've now progressed, and we've been stuck at one gig for a long time, and that's met our needs. But now we're progressing beyond that. And actually, multi-gig and 10-gig becomes more important than ever. We covered multi-gig in another podcast, which it was, I think it's June 23 episode, and we covered it in a lot more depth. So, of course, in this one, we're not going to cover every single thing. But if you're interested in more information about multi-gig than we cover in that, and it's worth a, worth a listen as well. But certainly, when we're talking about the backbone from an access point into the network, there's, there's some considerations. Absolutely. The, you know, the major considerations when you move into the multi-gig environment and when you're dealing with these high-end access points of trees, first of all, POE. You know, have we got the right budget, power budgets? Have we got the right standards? You know, there are multiple different standards that are out there, you know, ranging from, and we've again moved away from the numbers into, to, you know, plus symbols, et cetera. So, POE, POE plus, and plus plus, or where, ultra where? POE, yeah. whatever. Yeah. There's quite a few, right? Yeah. <laughs> 802.1180. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> BT. Even more. You could make a song out of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, again, p- power and power consideration is really important um that's a that's a plus the other thing is when you move into 10 gig and the high-end ethernet you know you've really got to make sure your infrastructure your physical cabling is suitable for it otherwise it's just not going to work and you're going to spend a lot of money on the infrastructure and the access points and the switching but if your actual core cabling isn't right then it's all going to fall down poe wise i mean the, obviously, the bigger access points, the you know, the more more antennas and the more arrays that are in them, and even some of our technology where we include smart antenna. And again, we can cover more. That's a big topic on itself in itself, right? But when we talk about that, the requirements are much higher as well, right? So they draw 
over the PoE plus standard, right? Into PoE yeah, plus so we plus. have PoE plus plus, which the, is the, yeah, the BT standard again. Yeah, and that allows the access point, the WBE six sixty S, to work with all its antennas, right? You know, if we don't achieve that. PoE plus plus standard, the BT standard, and we only can supply AT, the PoE plus standard, then we only, we, you know, the antennas drop down to two by two by two. Yeah, and then it reduces speed, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh, again, you know, we have another podcast. We like to refer to them for today. <laughs> we did on one on on PoE and about consumption mode and all these different. Elements. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So so if you're interested in the PoE part as well, we did one in September 23 as well. So that's worth a listen to understand the PoE standards, etc. And I, and it's not really the right place to talk in detail about it here anyway. So let's talk about some of our APs. Yeah, we, let's start <laughs> with, with yeah. Let's start with our flagship product. Yeah, yeah. what 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 is it called? Six sixty S WBE six sixty S. Yeah, I've kind of talked about it already. That is our flagship. That's the four by four by four triple radio, so it works across all three frequencies. Um, access point, and that's a fantastic product, right? And the theoretical speed of this unit. Theoretical is approximately around the eight gigabits of throughput again. It depends whether you are single frequency or multi-link frequencies, whether your client can support your, um, you know, all of the antennas and all of the frequencies, etc. So again, you know, the throughput will be above the, you know, the single gig speeds, etc. You'll be able to see three to four gig of Absolute throughput. It has so, 10 yeah. gig on the back, right? So, yeah, sure. yeah. It's but just, it's going to need 10 gig, right? Yeah. So and it's uh, theoretical, as in it, headline speed is 22 gigabits per second. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on the Wi-Fi, yeah, on the Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, obviously, um, you know, when we deliver it into the network, we have this 10 gig. That's fantastic, right? That's a real headliner. But what about for those average people, right, <laughs> who don't need twenty-two yeah, gigabits we, per second? We, we've got the we've got the new NWA one thirty BE product coming. That will be available beginning of March. So that's a fantastic product. That's a an eleven k theoretical speed. With we're going to see these speeds above two and a half gig around that kind of point of connection. And this model has got two 2.5 gigs on it, right? So one upstream and one back out again. Yeah, and, and the other important thing is it's just two by two by two. So again, it's, it hasn't got as many antennas on it, etc. but it will still give you a great experience within Wi-Fi 7. Wow, so that's quite a lot of information on Wi-Fi 7. I think that we've covered quite a bit today, right? So. Yeah, you can say that. And, <laughs> and also, yeah, we refer to other technology as well, like uh, multi-gig power over Ethernet, smart antenna. We're just dropping those in there, yeah, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, I mean, thank you very much for joining us here today. And I think we'll, we'll wrap up there, right? And, uh, thank you for having me. No yeah, thank you. 